0: Well, welcome to the Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm the Roseville Campus Pastor here at Calvary Church. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here today with our Senior Pastor Sean Winters. Sean, it's always good to have you on the on the show. It's good to be here. Thank you, Tucker. Uh, but I want to introduce to you uh, uh, Christy Becker, who's our Children's Ministry Pastor. Uh, Christy, it is good to have you on the uh, on the show with us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Why don't you just share a little bit uh, for our listeners, just a little bit of your background, maybe how you. Came to faith in Christ. How you felt a calling to ministry, and you've been around Calvary probably the well <laughs> close to the longest as far as those on the leadership team here. So you, Are have, you calling me old? <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: no, seasoned leader. <laughs> seasoned. Um, <laughs>
0: lots of
2: experience.
0: Uh, but you have a lot of experience here at Calvary Church and and know Calvary Calvary really well and have a heart for Calvary. Why don't you share a little bit of your background and? um it's good to have you on.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I have been at Calvary a long time. I My family started attending Calvary when I was in second grade. Um, I'll just disclose my age. That was when I was eight years old, and now I am 49. So I have been here 41 years. Wow. Um, so that does kind of make me sound really old. Um, but working with kids, I think, keeps me young. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, I... After um, growing up at Calvary, I went to um, Northwestern College in Roseville and studied elementary education. I taught for five years in the public schools before I started my own family with my husband, Corey. We had our son, Justin, in 1998, and I took a leave from my teaching position and started working part-time at Calvary in kids' ministry. And I kept on having kids. Every two years, I had another kid, and I finally realized with kid number four, I'm probably not going back to teaching. So I resigned my teaching position and just kind of, um, continued working here, um, overseeing the elementary program first through fourth grade at the Roseville campus. And when my youngest, um, was in kindergarten or was about to go to kindergarten, I thought, okay, I think I'm going to go back to teaching when the kids are all in school. But, um, it was really that year that I realized my heart was in ministry. So mm-hmm. it was really that year, the year that I renewed my teaching license and kind of had my sights set on going back to, to, to teaching that I felt God say, Christy, I think church ministry is where, 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 mm-hmm. what I've made you for. And so, um, you know, just through God's really amazing timing, uh, the children's pastor at the time moved on to another position. And so the August that my youngest son went to school full time, um, that the position became available. I, I, even if I had wanted it a year before, I wouldn't have been able to do it because I was committed to being, um, you know, primarily home with my kids and, and yeah. working part time. So, um, yeah, so that was about 12 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. And so I've been, um, overseeing the kids ministry birth through sixth grade at both campuses since then. And, um, have seen a lot of change at Calvary over those years. We've had a lot of change in kids ministry over those years, but um it's it's great. And I think it's the change that keeps it fresh and keeps me has kept me has kept me here mm. e- over that long period of time.
2: It's a really big position because you're not only birth through 6, but you are like ministering to those families as well. Like you have a really broad ministry to to families at calvary church both campuses and and that's a lot of people yeah
1: it's a lot of kids and their parents and the volunteers that that serve with us um it ends up being a, a lot of people so it's a great team to be a part of
0: yeah what are some things you feel like god's been teaching you over these many years at calvary you know working with our kids and our and and their families what are some of the key highlights that you feel like god has been teaching you
1: I think in the la- I think yeah I mean the- one of the things that comes to mind is that growth comes through the hard things in life and I think um so often with kids and with parenting we want to shield our kids from the hard things and I was really blessed I think to have a very um easy life um tr- not many problems um and and we want that for our kids, but I think as I've, as I've gotten older and as I've worked with families who have gone through hard things and I've, as I've experienced my own hard things, I've really seen that that is where spiritual growth comes and personal growth comes. And so I think just learning that, um, to, not be, to not be afraid of hard things, to not be afraid of uncertainty, um, because God, is, God meets us there and God forms us in those, in those places.
0: We in our evangelical culture, I think, like the celebrity. We like the, the, the big and the flashy and the you know the sage on a stage, so to speak. And kids' ministry, children's ministry, is uh, oftentimes probably not the, the flashy and the smoke and lights. And yet, as we see in the New Testament, we see throughout Scripture, it, Jesus values kids. Let the little kids, let the little children come to me. How do you see discipleship playing an integral role in kids' ministry, but how do you see this as laying a foundation for really the life of the church? Uh, where, where Where does kids' ministry fit in the life of the church and how is discipleship a part of it?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think it's just the evangelical world that celebrates the big and the flashy. I think it's our <laughs> culture. I mean, we live in a world of social social media influencers, where the more mm-hmm. followers you have, the more successful you are. And I think we really do celebrate as a culture success and platform and visibility. And so, so yeah, working with children, um, a lot of times I'll say to people... People say, "Well, I haven't seen you at church lately," and I'll be like, "Well, I was in the basement with the kids." <laughs> you know, we're kind of hidden sometimes, even. Yeah. But um, I really, one of the things that I really do value about children's ministry is that um, children did matter to Jesus, and and then developmentally childhood is just this really important stage where kids are where where individuals are just most likely to respond to the gospel Um, research shows that the majority of people who follow christ made their decision to follow jesus between the ages of four and 14 and then the likelihood of coming to christ decreases the older a person gets so we have this really critical time frame to reach kids and um I think another like kind of stat that's so interesting George Barnes says that the moral and spiritual foundations of an individual are set by the age of 9. Wow. I mean that doesn't mean that people can't change and adults right. don't come to Christ but like we have this really important window of time to be in impacting kids with with truth and um you know, teaching them who God is and who they are, and how they can have a relationship with Him, and how they can have purpose in this world and make a difference in this world, and so it's it's a, it's exciting. It's not just um, cute. It's not just yeah. childcare. It's not just keeping kids busy while the adults do the important thing. It's it is the important thing.
2: And you've done a great job of uh, equipping lots and lots of volunteers, but also um, coming alongside parents or equipping parents to say, how do we do this together? And how do we come alongside you as parents to teach them to teach their kids, but also to say, how do we come along and complement what you're trying to do? And And so that's just a it's a very intentional ministry that you're leading and it's a really important
1: one. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, parent, we really do want to parent, want to partner with parents and, you know, parents have a hard job. I mean, Tucker, you know, it, right? with your two little girls at home. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and there are so many things that parents are responsible for, you know, giving care, teaching, guiding. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And, as a church, we want to help parents see how important spiritual formation is of their kids, but I really don't want it to feel like just another thing. You know, like when you bring your kid to the... I don't know if it... Okay, for me, I hated bringing my kids to the dentist because I was going to hear that I hadn't had my kids brush well enough. Yeah, you know, like, I don't... Time. Like, oh, it's another way as a parent I'm failing. Like, I don't want us to do that as a church. Yeah. I I don't want to... Say I don't want to. I don't want to like put shame on parents or um, just make them feel like this is just one more thing that we have to that we have to do that we should do. And so that's something that I think has evolved over time. Over my time in kids ministry, I think we've always felt like parents are so important. Parents are their kids' most important spiritual influence. They have time and relationship on their side. But how do we how do we come about that in a way that feels Um, doable and friendly and not Mm -hmm. like one more thing and um, the curriculum that we use now is called orange and it's called orange because orange you make orange with the color you make the color orange with the colors red and yellow and red represents the home the the love of the home and yellow represents the light of the church and when you bring Mm -hmm. red and yellow together you make the color orange so this curriculum um that we use gives us a lot of really good resources. I think that, that helps parents to just integrate faith into the daily rhythms of their life. Um, so each week parents are given, um, some cues that they can use that, that, that connect with the everyday moments that they already spend together. Like, you know, you always, you know, you, you wake up your kid in the morning, you go into their room and you, you get them up out of bed for, you know, daycare or school or, or whatever they have to do. And so, um, we have resources that just give parents a really simple idea of how they can use that time hmm. to to just form their faith. You know, so I just picked up our, our toddler parent cue for this week. And um, the morning time cue says, when you go into your child's room, say good morning. Where's... Where is okay? I'm gonna use your child's. I'm gonna use my child's name, Jacob. He's 16 now, so this really wouldn't work. But good morning. Where's Jacob that God made? I'm so glad that God made you. So just like so simple. Like we're already waking our kids up. This doesn't require a whole lot of. A whole lot of effort, but it just takes just like putting that idea in people's head, like, oh, when I wake my kid up in the morning, let me use that as a time to remind them that God made them. Um, And then some of the other daily times are drive time, bath time, bedtime, meal time for the Hmm. little ones, cuddle time. Um, So I just think that's really cool. Like if we can help families integrate faith formation and talking about God just into the natural rhythms of their life. So it doesn't feel like one more thing we have to do. So it really is a
0: partnership with families in the spiritual formation of their of their children, and I like the idea too that it's not it's not having them add another thing to their life. It's rethinking the way that they're engaging in these daily activities, but pointing them to Jesus and discipling their kids in the midst of these daily activities that they're doing. I think that's really helpful.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, you know all families are at different places. For some families, it's a really big win to. Sit down around the table together for a meal, and to talk about their day uh, once a week. For other families, um, you know, and once you st- for other other families are capable of, of more, might have more experience. If you grew up in a Christian family and you had parents who really modeled faith well and did a lot of faith formation, you you um, probably have some more tools to do other things. But I I like that we're providing some very entry-level ways for families to connect with one another relationally and also to bring God into that. And I think success with those little things will lead to bigger things.
2: And I like also that, you know, let's say someone who's listening or or comes into the ministry who doesn't have that kind of faith background, faith history. Um, This is something that even if they're trying to sort out where they stand with God, they can they can also enter into these things and, and begin to have conversations with their kids that they don't have to be an expert. They don't have to have a huge background. Um, so yeah, it's, it's easy entry points into conversations um, and, and, and to explore it and, and to lead their kids towards faith. So yeah. I, I love that.
1: Yeah, I think shared experiences between kids and parents around something spiritual is so powerful. Um, I had the... I had the unique opportunity when my kids were little that they would come with me to, I was with them all the time in their Sunday school classes, you know, and they'd come with me before and they'd Mm -hmm. help me set up and, you know, I, so we really had this shared spiritual experience every week. And then that allowed us to talk about it, to bring it back during the week more Mm -hmm. often, you know, um, I had my oldest son. He's 22 now. I remember a time that he was in fourth grade and he was just having a hard year. I still don't know what was really going on that year, but it was a a tough year. And one day I was driving him to school and he was in the back of the minivan and um, I heard him singing kind of under his breath. Everything's okay. Everything's all right. I've got Jesus in my life. It was one of our kids' ministry uh. songs, and I'm just like, oh, thank you, Lord, that <laughs> that connected. Like he's having a hard year, but he's he's drawing back uh. on something that you know something that we sang together in in church, and um, I I I think it was that unique experience of being able to share that with my kids in a way that not every parent does. That just really gave me a, yeah. a passion for. Helping create shared experiences between kids and parents and in little in little ways.
0: You're listening to the Raw Roast, and I'm having a, a conversation today with uh, Pastor Christy Becker. She's our children's ministry pastor here at Calvary Church, and we're we're talking about the importance of discipling kids and the partnership that the church can form with families uh, in the spiritual formation of their of their children. Christy, one of the things that I really wrestle with. In our house, is feeling like I'm not doing enough, and you know, I think of you know, our our nightly devotional routine just feels so uh, like not a win sometimes <laughs> when the kids are squirrely and not wanting to listen, and you know, I'm I'm even doing I'm I'm doing these devotions in English in case <laughs> you're. <laughs> In case you want, I'm not, treat, you know, training them up in Greek yet. Um, how do you? How would you counsel a parent, you know, like me, who's wrestling with just not feeling like I'm doing enough, and I, I feel like even the times I'm trying just does not go well. As the girls are rolling around on the couch, and <laughs> and at the end of the day, it, I just I'm ready for bedtime. Yeah. So that I can sit and read my book yeah, <laughs> or whatever How would you counsel a, a, a family yeah. that's wrestling with some of these issues? Yeah,
1: well, I would just, I would just affirm you for, for trying. I would say keep, you know, keep being faithful in, in that. I think a lot of times with kids, um, what we teach them is important, it matters, but I think what they remember is some of the affective stuff around it. They, mm. they will remember things like, oh, it was really important in our family. God was really important in our family. Um, the Bible is a big deal to, mm-hmm. my, to my dad and, and, and it's meaningful to him and he wants to share it with us. I mean, like some of those core, like those core underlying mm-hmm. values, I think are really the things that are gonna stick. They may not remember forever exactly what, they may not remember what you talked about. Um, but I think just like the habit, the routine, um, Is good, so I would just like commend you for 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 doing it, and encourage you to continue staying faithful with that. And and honestly, you know, I think we need to lower our expectations sometimes in terms of how the kids are going to respond. Um, They're 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 little, and they're probably responding developmentally in a way that's developmentally appropriate for them. You know, they have a lot of times we say that kids' attention span matches. You know, a three-year-old has a three-minute attention span. A five-year-old has a five-minute attention mm-hmm. span. Like that's a good rule of thumb. So, how old are your kids, Tucker?
0: Five and three. Five
1: and three. So, how how the, long the are your family attention
0: span? Seems a little generous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think sometimes but, we forget. Yeah. We forget that, and I think we, you know, so I think it's managing our expectations, but staying faithful and really trusting God with 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 the results. And um, one of the Bible verses that I just really like for encouraging parents is Isaiah. 40 verse 11 it says he tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lambs in his arms he carries them close to his heart well that talks to me that talks about Jesus caring for our children but the last part is he gently leads those that have young so I think that idea that Jesus is caring for our children as the good shepherd but he is also gently leading us as parents, as we're, as we're raising our young. And when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like we're not cutting it, when we feel like we're experiencing pain, I think it's just such a comfort to know that, that God has our children at his heart, but he also has us.
2: That's really good. I I just, uh, I I love that verse. I love that picture that God is, uh, God cares for our kids, but also cares for those who are right in the heat of that challenge of raising raising little ones. And uh, he watches over in a special way. Um, Jesus modeled also, he said, you know, it, it takes childlike faith. And so, again, uh, you know, some of that attention span is just so helpful to understand, but it's also to say, well, what is it about their energy? What is it about their creativity that actually I should be patterning? Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to fix them and move them towards more of an adult response. Jesus Christ said, hey, let's let's look at what does it mean to have childlike faith. Um and and that's just a that's just a cool challenge. Um it's also you have to be creative, you have to be thoughtful on what that looks like.
1: Yeah. And parents are important, Tucker. Um, but but it's not parents alone. I mean, um sticky faith research says that a child's faith is most more likely to stick if they have five Adults in their life who love Jesus and are investing in this, their, this, the the child's life. And so, um, I mean, mom and dad are super important for that. But um, the volunteers at church, we hope can be a part of that five extended family and things like that. So I think also realizing that, you know, we're not, we're not alone in this. And, um, that's something that I really hope that, that I really hope our volunteers in kids ministry understand too, that they have a really important role in partnering with parents and, um, reinforcing the thing parents are teaching at home and also being another voice that speaks uh, truth to kids.
0: So really is a community project Yeah, discipling our kids.
2: Yeah. I think Christy, I think I heard you share that seven years ago when our oldest was still in high school and, and Becky and I, that became a big part of what we do and how we did life when our kids were moving through junior high and high school. Like, like this is super important to recognize and pray for those other people that are speaking into our kids' lives and to celebrate that and to, and to continue to move them into that place. So, you know, that was when our kids were a little older. But even as little kids, just to say, how do I bring my kids into places where four or five different voices, people that they know and know them speak into their life um, that is so valuable Um, it's just really important
0: what does childlike faith look like so we often you know sean you brought up this idea of childlike faith we use this we use this phrase jesus used this phrase Mm -hmm. where it originates from what does it look like what does childlike faith look like and how should how should our how should parents how should adults cultivate a, a childlike faith in their own life
2: there's a great pause here. I, I think that's a great question, and I'm just trying to think of kids I see. Um, I, I, you know, kids can jump from topic to topic, but I think one of the things, childlike faith to me says it's it's a quick belief. It is embracing sometimes the simple or the obvious. Where as an adult, we'll question, you know, well, what three exceptions can I find? A kid will say, that's awesome. Um, we, we, we don't want to have a, a naive faith. We want to have a deep faith, but we want to have a quick, responsive belief. That's kind of how I summarize it. And I'm not sure how I get there because I, I love com- complex questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think along with that, I think there's just, with childlike faith, there's a joy Hmm. Um, there's a, an, a kind of an affection, um, that sometimes we don't see in adults. I think adults sometimes can be very serious about their faith. You know, Uh, we have to. Quick
2: to smile. Kids are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We got to figure it all out. We have to know all the answers. And, um, I think kids are the quick faith, but also the joy around it.
0: That's good. The, the joy, the simplicity, I think those are good words that both of you used that really underscores the importance of childlike faith. I think of, too, the, you know, Jesus says the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, uh, soul, and strength, and you shall love your, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And you think of the religious leaders of the day, they put all these fences around the law that Mm. in actuality kept them from obedience uh, to the two greatest commandments and I think maybe a childlike faith is could also we could also add there's not it, Jesus said what the two greatest commandments are and you just you you just do it. You love mm. the Lord your God and you love your neighbor as yourself and it doesn't require all of these extra fences that we like to put around these commandments of God. It's there's a simplicity to it. And, and, and there's I, an obedience I that, that follows.
2: I, I, like, I think kids are less likely to put up boundaries between people. Like, yeah. like they'll walk up to other kids quickly here, yeah. you know, that, that they don't see ethnicity or they don't see um, culture. They, they just see a kid and you want to play, you know. And, and sometimes we're all concerned about some of those things that kids are like, man, I, I want to love God, love others. You're an
0: other and you think of some of the, like I think of some of the questions my girls ask some of the other kids mm. in the playground. It's like, don't, no, don't <laughs> ask that. But then the other kid just responds as, right. as if it's not a big deal. And yeah. So there's a innocence to it too. Yeah. Might yeah. be another word we could add.
1: Yeah, I was having coffee with a mom last week, and she was telling me that her third grade daughter is has always been, um, just so excited to talk to other children about Jesus. Mm. And mm. Um, I hear that I hear that a fair amount from from parents that I think kids have less inhibition around sharing this thing that they have joyfully and more simply accepted with those around them. Like, you know, why, why, why wouldn't you want to also know about Jesus? And I Mm -hmm. think that's such a cool thing that, that we can really learn from, from Mm -hmm. children. Um, This mom was saying that her, they live in, they live in, St. Paul, and they live in an area of a little bit more diversity. And um, in kindergarten, she had a friend who was Muslim, and she talked to him about Jesus all the time. Wow! Mm. And um, <laughs> it caused some concern for for this 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 mother thinking, "Oh, I hope my child isn't offending this other family or think that we're proselytizing." But it opened up a door for this mom to talk to the other mom and um, and share some experiences too, which is really neat. I mean, you can't really fault a kid for right. talking about what they believe just to another kid. really
2: important. Yeah. 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 And it's really valuable. That's awesome.
0: What's the, you know, in just our last few minutes here, what's one or two little, uh, little nuggets that you would like to leave with our listeners when it comes to discipling their kids? So raising their kids to know and love Jesus. What's one or two bits of wisdom you'd like to leave? Christy, let's start with you and what's one or two things?
1: I think just stay stay faithful look to look to God and and as the as the perfect parent and um, and allow him to make up for any deficits you feel like you have as a parent um, tr- trust God for that and keep on being faithful with with the kids that God has entrusted you to um, partner with the church um, the church really wants to partner with you as you're doing this We know that this is super important to you and we want to we want to help you we want to understand what your family situation is. And we want to um, come alongside you in any way that we can to um, make sure that what we're doing here at church is reinforcing what you're doing at home. If you, and so like we have our hand out to you and we'd love more parents to put their hand out back to us and say like, let's do this together. Um, and yeah, so those would be mine.
0: That's really good. Sean, how about you?
2: Um, you know, one, one of the things that I think probably in my stage where um, our youngest is now out of high school you know, our youngest two are in college. The other two are beyond college. Um, one of the things I really challenge our listeners is if you don't have kids in the home, the, the job's not done. I, I would really encourage you to see kids, step into, you know, talk to Christy, talk, talk to, uh, you know, if you're at a different church, talk to the people at your church who do kids ministry and ask how you can be a part of that. We have a, a man in this church who is, I would say, mid 80s who took a special interest in our youngest son and developed a friendship. And that's a, that is such a blessing. Um, I, I think it goes both ways. I think he's blessed by this relationship, but I, I think they just have this connection. Um, so I would encourage people to, to look for kids, see kids, step into some place where you can, you can come alongside of parents and be one of those four or five voices that help point those kids towards Jesus.
1: And a church is a unique place for community. You know, as we're raising kids, we, it's a lot to do on our own. The church wants to help, but the beautiful thing about a church is there are other people just like you at the church who are doing the same thing, and it's a place where you can link arms with others and say, let's let's do this together. What's your experience been? Can we, you know, can you, do you have any advice for me? Will you pray for me? I think you know, there, there aren't a lot of other places in the world where you can go and get that kind of support and community, and uh, the church does a great job of that. So I would encourage parents not only to show up at church and drop their kids off in the programs and take the papers that I have for them and and talk about our Bible stories, but like build relationships, make, make friends and, and build community. Um, Find those people that can be the, the, the voices of truth in your kid's life.
0: Well, thank you, Christy. And thank you, Sean. This has been encouraging to me and because this is an area that, you know, I'm I'm in the midst in as well and it's been a challenge. So I, I appreciate your both of your wisdom and insights because you've had many more years of experience than, than I certainly have. So, and, I hope, and I'm not calling either one of you old. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing a great job, Tucker. Uh Well, I want to thank you, too, as our listeners. And if you have kids, I hope this has been uh, an encouragement to you today to know what it looks like to, uh, to raise your kids to know and love Jesus. And if you don't have kids, I hope that you realize that this is also applicable to you because the church has an incredible role as uh, we as a community raise and disciple our kids. So thank you for listening. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit us at calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. We would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. We would also like your feedback on today's episode or suggestions for future topics. You can go ahead and email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. We look forward to having you join us again next week.